This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budget, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow, all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Head to NetSuite.com slash C-Suite for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Small Biz America. The Brain. He's a pioneer in the realm of permission-based marketing. Kurt Keller is CEO and founder of one of America's leading services, Benchmark Email, a company he's grown from a tiny operation to now an international player with branches in the U.S., Taiwan, and India. Benchmark Email was created in 2004 as an innovative and affordable web-based alternative to other small business-focused email marketing services. He remains fiercely dedicated to addressing the email marketing challenges facing small and mid-sized businesses. Joining us on the line from Los Alamitos, California, to share his perspectives and some tips around email and building an international team is Kurt Keller. Kurt, welcome to the program. Thank you, David. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. When you first set out to start Benchmark Email, and uh, this is 2004, what problem or set of problems were you looking to solve differently? Well, I, I knew it, at that point in time to, to set up a, a robust service online was going to be uh, expensive. Uh, I knew that I would, it would require a, a group of uh, programmers. I would need to bring in some support people. And um, I, I was just coming out of a, another business at that point in time. And I, I think, that if I remember correctly, that it was a little difficult time in the stock market at that point in time. I had come to the conclusion that the only way I could do this is if you know, I could somehow outsource this whole thing. Um, and I thought, well, let me see what I can figure out. So I, I kind of looked around the, the, the globe at that point and tried to figure out what would be a, the best place to outsource uh, programming and support. I looked at China, looked at India, mostly China, India, and a little bit in Latin America. And, of course, you know, Microsoft has a gigantic presence in India. Um, and I, so I, I basically settled on India for, for a couple different reasons. Most of it has to do with culture and the fact that, that they already have a, a great base of, of uh, programmers down there. So what I did is I, I started putting feelers out and different, you know, back in 2004, different uh, uh, websites that had uh, India support people, India programmers. And it took me a good year and probably going through about five or six different sources before I finally landed on the right group of people. Right. In prepping for this interview, I noticed that you've taken a considerable uh, amount of care into, in terms of your approach in international team building, and I do want to get to that. You've laid out really a, a wonderful uh, sort of framework for, uh, for this segment, uh, entrepreneurs that are looking to build outsourced businesses uh, worldwide, perhaps. In terms of the product set, the services, the actual product or value proposition you were looking to solve in the marketplace, what, what did that look like for you? What were you trying to do there? 
Well, I mean, at, at that point in time, um, the the cost to uh, was about five to one. And meaning, uh, if I'm going to pay, uh, you know, five thousand dollars here in the United States for a programmer, I'm only going to pay a thousand dollars in India. Um, so it, it allowed me to, to to really get going uh, from with with bootlegging, you know. Um, uh, without having to bring a lot of venture capital money in, just pretty much for my own savings to start off and and get going on this whole programming and this and this software as a service. Uh, so it, from by and large, it was economical. I mean, it I wouldn't have started this business, uh, and back then there was probably only like about three or four different players uh, in this business, or maybe five. Um, but I, I wouldn't have gotten into this business if I couldn't have done it all from India. I just couldn't have afforded it. Third, your company operates in the in the permission-based email marketing space. What is permission-based marketing from your perspective? Well, permission-based marketing uh, from Benchmark's, Benchmark Email's perspective is basically uh, sending out emails to people that want it. Um, and there's a lot of different ways people give their permission or say that they want things. Um, and we deal, this, we deal with this all the time with different clients. Um, you, you may go to a show and people say, yeah, you know, I, I like that product. Send me some information on that. So you add them to your list. You obviously may have a website and people come to your website and, and they may sign up. You know, you may have a, 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 sales, a sales team and they call and they get emails. But in every single case, the common denominator is people want to hear from you. Um, and in, in, this, in this field uh, of permission-based email marketing, a lot of people go awry in thinking they can go out and buy a list or rent a list and throw it into a service like ours and just blast it out. That's really not what they want to do. Um, because that creates all kinds of hosts of problems. You know, there's spam traps out there with these big blacklisting services, so you can end up getting your whole domain blacklisted, um, and your ISP might turn around and talk to you and say, hey, uh, you know, there's a problem here. You need to, you know, leave our service, or, you know, you can't do that anymore. It just, it just hurts your reputation. So well, what, we, what we try and do is educate our customers about, you know, only sending the people that, that uh, want to hear from you and segmenting that group as well. I mean, for example, a car dealership, you know, obviously if they look at the customer base, they have people buying high-end SUVs versus, you know, a Yaris or something really, really small. So you don't want to be sending a guy that's into SUVs something about some small little car. So we, we, we try and help and educate our clients. We give them tons of tools online to, to help them with that process. Kurt, so at the end of the day, the, the matter of building a list becomes an organic effort for a given company, doesn't it? Absolutely. It's not a thing where, as you say, you can't go buy a list and segment them however you feel you ought to or can and then blast it out. You've got to get the opt-in or double opt-in on the front end. And that's just become the way of the world, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to, to build it organically and to have a program to do that effectively is extremely important. It can be, you know, in the entire organization. Every single case, you want to be asking clients for their email, and then you want to be asking, uh, you want to send them an email to confirm, in fact, that they really want that. Even even on the website, you know, people have sign-up forms and sign-up boxes on the website, but it's amazing to us how many people don't confirm that people really want your information. And that, that leads into a whole area of, of your competitors or pretty, pretty much anybody on the web abusing your list, right? Because they can go in, if you don't confirm, they can go in and put whatever email address they want and it just gets added to your list. That's right. Now you've got a bunch of names that are meaningless and, and really not adding any value. You're sending out uh, messages and all the, the tale of whatever that creates for you. If you would, Kurt, give us a, a tour of the services, the feature sets you provide over at uh, Benchmark. 
Well, what we do is we help um, clients um, manage their email lists and send out professional campaigns, all with online tools. And we have we have uh, two different pricing models for our clients. One is just based on the number of emails they want to send per month, and it starts off as low as ten dollars a month, basically, and goes up from there to clients that are spending thousands of dollars per month. Um, so, in the, so in the one model we have is based on the number of emails you send per month. Then we have another model, uh, which is based on we have some, a certain segment of our of our population of our of our clients want to to be charged only based on the number of contacts they have in their list, not the number of emails they send per month. Interesting. So yeah, yeah. For example, so if some of our bigger competitors have that particular model, and that's the only model that they have. Um, we we give clients both options to do that, and then we also we also um, offer. Um, uh, added services like uh, custom email templates, which we do that for a couple hundred dollars. Uh, we offer image hosting. We offer free image hosting uh, initially uh, on the free trial, and then it's like five dollars a month uh, for the client. Um, we also offer polls, which uh, and these are free, so they can create a very simple little poll and paste it on their website, and we'll tally and get the results for them. We offer a survey interface which makes it really nice. We allow them to easily embed their YouTube and Vimo videos inside their emails. And we have an easy, really extremely easy to use editor. So you don't have to know HTML code with our system. And we've got over over, uh, 300 templates. So literally a client can just come in there, just pick a template, start typing what they want. If they got a YouTube video, they click and drag, they pull it in. Um, and then they can send out test emails, and if they got their list, they upload it, they put it in there, and we just blast the emails out for them. If you're just joining us, we're visiting with Kurt Keller. He's the founder and CEO of Benchmark Email, the website www.benchmarkemail.com. Kurt, as you look at the competitive space, there's several large companies out there doing this. What would you say if I asked you what's uniquely different about the experience of your system versus some of the others? How would you respond? I would say that um, most of the reviews out there put us right in the top three. Um, we're probably in the, in the second position right now um, in terms of, of what they might call the feature sets, uh, all the different features. Yeah. I think where we shine, number one, in, in two different areas, is I think we offer, and we get this a lot from our clients, we're the best in support. We offer fantastic support, uh, phone support, chat support, email support. We have a great support infrastructure here in the United States, as well as backed up by a structure we have in, um, in uh, India. Um, and we also have an, an office. It's not necessarily support, but we also in the in the Chinese market with an office. We also, um, you know, have another office down in India uh, for for programming. But uh, number one would be the support, and then number two is our price points relative to our largest competitors. We, we offer the best value. You can't get all the feature sets that we provide uh, for ten dollars a month with our competitors. No, that that is striking. Actually, uh, you know, having some knowledge of some of the others that are out there. All right, let's talk a little bit about how you built the team. I know we've, we touched this a little bit in the beginning of this segment. When you're dealing with teams in various geographical areas, as you have done, what are some of the, the tips or the, the sort of the things you've learned from your process that you would pass down to our listeners that are maybe doing the same? Um, well, you know, a, a lot of it, I, I would say, uh, I'd break it into a couple of different areas. Sure. One of them is obviously using all the technology tools that are available to you, which is, you know, when you're dealing with India or China or, you know, faraway places in the, in the world, it's, you know, using Skype, 
um, it's using MSN chat or, or Yahoo chat to initiate you know some of these conversations that you might have in building a team. Then it's really a it's really a process of uh, testing. You know, it's it's almost like um, it's like going on a date. Right? I mean, you may have a couple of different dates, and you're like, oh, this, this doesn't feel right, this doesn't feel right, this doesn't feel right. Oh, this person seems to get it. You know, or you know, this team member, you know, seems, seems, to, seems to understand where I'm coming from. They're, they're filling in the blanks, they're reading in between the lines. They kind of, they kind of get it. Um, yeah. So it's kind of a cathartic, uh, intuitive process that happens, um, you know, over time by testing. I mean, I, 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 didn't, I didn't send out a test, you know what I mean? It's, it's not something you can, you can necessarily quantify right. in terms of building your team members. You know, right. it's, just, it's just, you know, touching, you know, having a lot of touch points with a lot of different people and getting a good gut, intuitive feeling of, of somebody who's able to read you and really communicate with you. Yeah, as you point out, it's um, intuitive and iterative. Both. Uh, you, you have to test and see how it works. And, you know, to get to a place where you now have wonderful uh, customer support via phone, I mean, that, that just took some time and some patience with getting feedback, didn't it? Well, absolutely. Absolutely. And what's, what's interesting for us is we started off just offering support from India. And then hearing from our customers, they would say, you know, I, you know um, Verinder or, you know, Zakir was great. Uh, but I had a hard time understanding them sure. sometimes, and and some of the communica- you know you know communication wasn't that good. Couldn't you have somebody that maybe in the United States that we could talk to too? And you know we took that feedback and we said, yeah, okay, that makes sense. I mean, we don't need to have as big a team, but but we have the you know, the first line is here in the United States, so um, it's it's working well. Let's talk about sort of the scope, the the growth trajectory, 2004 and on. How large is your client base, if you can kind of give us, yeah, quantify things a little bit for us in terms of benchmark email? Right. Well, we, we have over we have over 70,000 users. We have over 10,000 paying clients. Okay, so a lot of clients, you know, a lot of clients are able to use our service for free on the on the low end, um, and we you know we hope to convert those people. So we, we oh, okay. have a, a pretty large a pretty large base of of clients. Is it a freemium model? Just you just hit on something. There is a free level as well. You mentioned the ten dollar level, so there is a free user level. Yes, yes. I'm sorry. We we do have a, a free level uh, model, and what that is is for people that are brand new to email marketing that want to start building their lists correctly, we offer what we call a free-for-life plan where they can sign up for our, our program, they can use it for free. The only limitation is, and it is kind of a big limitation, but it's, it's a good limitation, they can only send to people that have opted into their list via our system. So if, if somebody, you know, somebody's brand new to email marketing, they've got a website, they take a, uh, the sign-up form that they create in our system, they put it on their website. As people go there and they sign up, uh, and they confirm they're added to that client's list, and then they can email to them from our system. And, and that, that works great because, you know, if initially for, for people uh, starting off in email marketing, you know, it allows them to get their feet wet, to use some of the other tools, and then as, as they grow and mature, they'll, they'll upgrade to a plan, a paying plan, because they'll want the uh, uh, easier use to add emails manually yeah. or to upload a list and, and so on. So yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a good intro. Excellent. Very good. Well, great to have you, Kurt, and congratulations on the growth of Benchmark Email. That is the company, Benchmark Email, the website, one and the same, www.benchmarkemail.com. We've been visiting with Kurt Keller. He's the founder and CEO. Kurt, thanks for joining us on the program. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me, David. Small Biz America. The Brain. 
Online at smallbizamerica.com. Small Biz America. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.